Vaccine mandates are not only immoral, but dumb. Stay tuned and find out why. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 062, Podcast 62. Today, we want to have a biblical conversation with you about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's-eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we seek to apply God's Word to make sense of it all. At the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources for further study just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. All right, so uh, I thought we were going with Calvinism Part 2, but I guess we're going to push that off a little bit to talk about these uh, vaccine mandates and uh, and what's going on with all of that stuff on the vaccine front, especially given the fact that just last week uh, the Biden administration finally published its OSHA requirements for all the companies that are that have 100 employees or more and how they must mandate the vaccine. Yeah, that was the plan to go with Calvinism, but I think it can wait, don't you? I want to talk about the vaccine mandate imposed by President Biden, and that it thankfully has been prevented by the appellate courts because it's unconstitutional, it's illegal, and that means it's immoral. Of course, big business will go ahead and implement these things anyway, particularly here in Silicon Valley. I think that was the plan all along. You may remember about a year ago, I said that most of the coming tyranny and persecution in our culture would come from the private sector, and you're about to see that kind of shift into a higher gear. That said, when it comes to vaccines, the vaccine should be a matter of personal choice and conscience for the Christian or the non-Christian alike, as we discussed two weeks ago. But as we've seen, we have an administration in power that is breaking increasingly totalitarianism. And, And add to that, it's the most Christian hostile administration in the history of the American experiment. And what we have now is an increasingly complicated situation on our hands as citizens, but more importantly as Christians. And this attempt to coerce and condition us to do things against our will and our consciences is part of the larger game plan, if you will. So what we have today is a government coercing its citizens to undergo a medical procedure that lacks sufficient testing and longitudinal studies by the abuse of executive power, that nobody is passing a law. There is no legislation. And so they want you, they want me, they want anybody that they can coerce to uh, undergo a medical procedure against their will. And they're not doing it, as I said, by legislation. No, they're doing it by executive order. And, you know, it's really funny when you think about that. Because I remember the New York Times and the current sitting president once condemned the former sitting president, Donald Trump, for his use of executive orders, calling them authoritarian and anti-democratic. But President Biden put his previous four predecessor presidents to shame by signing 40 executive orders in his first week. Donald Trump, in contrast, issued 79 in his first four months. So I want you to think about that. In one week, this president, back in January, did half of the executive orders that his predecessor did in four months, and he calls him totalitarian. Well, I guess uh, we kind of have to ask this question here. Um, And it's it's really, you know, what we hear from the government and what we hear um, from uh, the media and all of these things is that uh, this is really for for everyone's own good. Uh, ultimately, it's for your good. It's for my good. Uh, why wouldn't you want to get vaccinated? I mean, after all, you know, as Biden suggested, this is a pandemic of of the unvaccinated, um, and so wouldn't we want to get vaccinated? Don't the vaccines save lives? Isn't that something that we should do? So, what do you say to those people? 
Well, number one, I say, says who? Again, they make these statements and they leapfrog over common sense, ethics, integrity, science, and morality. Vaccine saves lives. Says who? I mean, you have to think about it this way. Who says they save lives? I, I mean, we have a disease that has a 99% plus survival rate. And so the Wuhan virus kills less than 1% of its victims. And so think about that. And moreover, the COVID vaccine has an unusually high death rate among vaccines. And that's really played down for a vaccine. For example, when the SARS vaccines were tested and they started to implement them, they pulled them because 1,500 people died in vaccine-related deaths. Thus far in this country, I think through October, there have been over 7,000 deaths. And then there are the vaccine injuries. In a recent study done by the Veterans Health Administration, February to October 2021, the study compared vaccine effectiveness against COVID by vaccine type. And the least effective vaccine turns out to be the Johnson & Johnson, my vaccine. <laughs> and also, uh, the vaccine effectiveness against COVID declined for all vaccine types, even after, after adjusting for sex, age, and comorbidity. In March, vaccine effectiveness had already fallen to 86.4% for Johnson & Johnson, 89.2% for Moderna, and 86.9% for Pfizer. Well, yeah, I mean, those sound like pretty good numbers. An 89 90% effective rate is still a pretty effective vaccine, wouldn't you say? Well, I would say that, but the pharmaceutical companies had promised 95% efficacy just a few months prior to that. And by the fourth quarter of 2021, effectiveness had fallen to 58% for Moderna, 43% for Pfizer, and 13.1% for Johnson & Johnson. And so what you're going to see now is a need for perpetual boosters because they don't have any kind of long-lasting efficacy. And at the same time, Coincidentally, or perhaps not coincidentally, vaccine injuries, like mine, seem to be on the rise, and yet they are often underreported. Think about it this way. Every time you get a vaccine, whether it's a flu vaccine or whether it's the COVID vaccine for the Wuhan virus, every time you get jabbed, your, your chance for a reaction for an injury goes up. But what we're seeing here is that so-called uncommon rare illnesses or side effects are beginning to stack up. And every time you get another jab, there's another opportunity for a complication. And in the end, how many jabs are we going to need? Four, five, six, seven every year? I mean, you know, think about it. And then there are the side effects. You know, there's the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine has the blood clot problem, thrombosis. Sometimes that leads to strokes. They say that's rare. And then the uh, CDC and the FDA are monitoring reports of Guillain-Barre syndrome for people who have had the Johnson & Johnson Janssen vaccine and Pfizer's vaccine. And again, GBS is supposed to be a rare order, a disorder, but it's showing increased, uh, increased incidence. Myocarditis is another one for people in their 20s uh, that requires six to nine months of heart monitoring. Uh, and the people have to avoid strenuous exercise that taxes the heart to avoid putting themselves at risk. And think about this. Let's say you vaccinate the military. Do, do they need to lay out for six to nine months? Can we afford that? Then there are fertility problems and younger women reports of death. So all this is rare. And each of these types of problems are rare. But when you start bundling them together, 
it appears that incidents are on the rise, and it appears that given two, three, or four more years, we may find out this vaccine wasn't as safe as we thought it was, or Dr. Fauci maybe suggested. Yeah, and I, I think we should you know, slow down a little bit here and, and say, make it clear that what we're not saying, um, and, I, and I think what you're not saying, is that we're opposed to vaccines or you're opposed to the vaccine um, but really, and I, and I think keeping our scope in that mind of being opposed to that mandate, and kind of like we talked about a couple weeks ago uh, when we talked about these vaccine mandates, is is that idea of doing the research, making sure that you understand and, and make those risk calculations, and everybody's going to make those uh, for their for themselves. And so ultimately what we're not saying is we're not saying don't go get the vaccine, don't do any of those things, uh, but we are saying, and I think what you're trying to put out here is is really – there shouldn't be a government mandate. The government shouldn't be compelling us to get these vaccines. You're right, and I'm not opposed to vaccines. The government should not be forcing its citizens in violation of both international law and violation of human rights and violation of the U.S. Constitution. It should not be forcing, coercing its citizens to subject themselves to a medical procedure against their will, and neither should a business. And there should be no liability protections for those who do. And here we are, we're just a couple of years in right now with these vaccines, and now they're talking about mandating these vaccines for young adults and children under the ages of 12, under the ages of 18 years old, uh, as young as five, based on what? I mean, this is the immorality of it. This is the sheer stupidity of it. There is not enough data. And now you're going to subject children to mRNA altering vaccines. And then there's the whole question of efficacy. And we know that young children aren't spreaders anyway. And so then how many boosters will they need? It's not just immoral, it's dumb. And the hypocrisy of it all is the mandatory requirements. So why don't you elaborate on what you mean by the hypocrisy of it all? Okay. Congress has been exempted from mandatory vaccines. Neither congressmen nor senators are required, nor postal workers. Why is that? Why are 535 people who, who basically operate in two or three buildings exempt and then companies of over 100 people required? And what about the Postal Service? So why the Postal Service and not the military? And so by what standard is all this happening? There is no science here involved. There is no, it's all political. It's all ideologically motivated. It's also arbitrary. And I remember when President Biden and Vice President Harris said they would not get the vaccines because the pre previous president developed them. But now they're all over it. This whole process has become politicized from one end to the other. And what it comes down to is not about public health, not about safety. It's about power. It's about authoritarianism. It's about totalitarianism. And beyond all this, it's anti-science. It's like one shot is good. Two shots are better. Three shots better still. Well, we heard all that about the masks too, right? Double masking and triple masking. I mean, think about it. When you go swimming, if you put on three bathing suits, let's use some common sense here. It's a weird analogy, but work with me. If you put on three bathing suits, does that keep you dry? And three masks keep a, a virus particle out? And three shots are going to make you safe for how long? And four shots? And, and besides all this, I want you to think about this. Every time we take a jab of any vaccine, you, there is a risk factor with regard to your personal health and well-being. And so we're going to mandate this for people 
And don't we live in a so-called pro-choice world? What do you mean by a pro-choice world? Well, you can't miss in the news right now. Everybody's raging on the right and the left and in a parallel universe over the potential challenges to Roe versus Wade. The mantra we often hear is, hey, it's my body. It's not the government's place to tell me what I can do with it. Well, I'd say taking an unborn person's life with 100% certainty is a lot more final than opting out of a vaccine. So where's all this pro-choice body logic now? Vaccine mandates are immoral because vaccination should not be politicized. It shouldn't involve shaming people, and the same rules should apply to everyone. No senator or congressman or postal worker or any other special group should be exempt. And so vaccine mandates are not only immoral, but they're dumb because of the misrepresentation of the lack of factual understanding. The pandemic is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's what we keep being told. But the fact is, people who are vaccinated can be infected and they can spread. And vaccines are such that they have not proven to be effective for very long. That's why you have this so-called breakthrough inspections and you have vaccinated spreaders. And so what's the point? What's the point in mandating vaccines? Vaccine mandates are unwise. They are immoral because they lack a decided body of clear and trustworthy, untainted research on the harmful side effects of vaccine injury and vaccine side effects. Moreover, common sense tells us that if a vaccine is effective, why worry about the unvaccinated? There's just such a lack of honesty here, a lack of logic, consistency, and science, and it's confounding, and it's harmful, and it has very real costs. Yeah, and I, I think as we, you know, talk about this idea of them being, you know, unscientific or, or just a lack of, I think, honesty and integrity kind of from the, uh, the so-called medical establishment. Because we've seen in the past couple days even that the therapeutics, so like the pills, the treatments for, uh, for COVID are coming out and they're super duper effective. Uh, I think Pfizer has just... Um, put their pill up to be uh, released and it's supposed to be 90% effective uh, for keeping you out of the hospital and 100% effective in keeping you from dying. And so you look at these things like the therapeutics and then their whole idea of natural immunity. You know, you think about we're making people get vaccinated uh, that should already have a natural immunity to this disease. And it just seems like there's such a, a narrow approach to how we end this pandemic and and it's all going to be through kind of what the government tells us. And so why do you think that there's this narrow approach when when really I think that uh, we could be looking at probably a much more broad um, approach to how we essentially get out of this pandemic? Yeah, well, we lack a total strategy. And, you know, if you even flinch at the orthodoxy, then you're, you're mocked and demonized. Do you remember Joe, when Joe Rogan contracted COVID and the mainstream media accused him of, of uh, ingesting some kind of horse paste? And, and then he had Dr. Gupta, the chief uh, medical officer of CNN, on, and he confronted him because the medicine that he took has been around for 50 years. It's been prescribed to something like a half a billion people, and it wasn't horse paste. And then Gupta kind of played around because he's part of the mainstream media establishment and part of the healthcare establishment that's committed to this new religion of mandatory vaccines. And finally, he held his feet to the fire so long, Gupta had to admit that CNN and the rest of the media didn't have their facts straight. Yeah, I think I remember that one. And I think he even got, uh, I think he even got Gupta to admit that CNN had essentially lied about the whole thing. 
uh, in order to kind of fit their their narrative. Yeah, that's it. The whole the whole immoral thing is that the end justifies the means. And the reality is, if the vaccinator is still infectious, then why are we mandating this? There's just so much we don't know, and there's so many choices that should be left to the individuals. And you mentioned a moment ago about a holistic or broader approach. There should be multiple strategies for ending this pandemic, and they should not involve shaming or demonizing or throwing the society into a panic or wrecking lives or, or risking children's health and well-being. And then there's this sneering and penalizing people who have religious questions or who ask for religious exemptions or who have legitimate health concerns. You know, the Bible tells us that our bodies are on loan from God, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we need to take that responsibility seriously. And so we should be making religious exemptions. We should be accepting health exemptions, and we should not be discriminating against these people. I mean, speaking of health exemptions, I mean, with my autoimmune disease, which is now looking like it's going to be chronic, I can never have another vaccine again as long as I live. Am I to be penalized? Am I to be denied access to theaters? Then shouldn't I be compensated? What do you mean by that? Well, the compensation thing, in 1986, vaccine companies were given immunity from liability. And then with this latest go around with the COVID-19, uh, the Wuhan virus thing, uh, th they were given another layer of immunity. And so if, if, if something happens to you, you can't sue them. Now, the big pharma is going to take in about $66 billion for the first rounds of vaccines. And add to that the boosters, that's another $66 billion. And then consider all their exemptions. Vaccine companies should not be taking in all this money and be shielded from liability. Let's circle back for just a moment. I'd like to circle back to vaccine injuries like mine and others. Recently, a Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson held about three hours worth of hearings on Capitol Hill on the increasing and alarming rate of vaccine injuries. And what we're seeing is they're likely underreported. There's probably some sort of uh, pressure official or unofficial, some incentive. And I, and I just want to encourage you, if you can, and I'll put a link on the resource page to go watch those hearings. I want you to listen to what they have to say. I want you to listen to the comments because the ind indications are that reporting is significantly understating or ignoring at some level vaccine injuries, serious reactions, and Johnson's hearings are worth a watch for this reason. And again, do not misunderstand me. Vaccination should be a matter of personal choice or conscience. I have no problem with that, but they should not be mandatory. They should not be forced upon you by the government or by big business through government intervention because the stakes are high and adequate research really isn't in. And so these compulsory measures are immoral, as the appellate court recently ruled. They're unconstitutional. Now, what remains to be seen if that is, is if that decision will stand. And in the end, we have to be very careful because mandatory vaccination, compulsory vaccination, is immoral, it's illegal, and it's un unwise. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like additional resources, you can visit our resource page. Go to www.gracetoliveradio.org. Hit the resource button. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit www.hillside.org. Worship with us at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. on Sunday. We have uh, 
a young adults ministry on Monday night. We have youth on Wednesday night. We have ladies Bible study on Thursday. There's lots to do here. We'd love to have you come and worship with us. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.